Nudgy Diane. <laughs> nudgy. Everything that is nudgy has been nudged. <laughs> oh! It's 7.09 a.m. Saturday, March the 2nd, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> Bill Ours orchestrates my do-do-do-do-do's. Well, I just do the cutoff, you know. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the one of the many hand signals that, you know, when we become a, a weekly TV show, <laughs> which will be very exciting because it's always visually, you know, there's always the visual element that's missing, which is... That is true. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, it'll be compelling viewing. It'll be, just try to look away. Really. It's going to be like that. We're going to have, uh, it's going to be a... I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. We'll get, like, Emmy Awards for special effects and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, I am an exit. That's what we're into. We're, we're pioneers of broadcasting is what we are, Diane. Uh, actually, pioneers of small casting. <laughs> the micro-casting uh, universe. You know, an infinite uh, microcosm. Actually, going, I think that I'm, I'm far more interested in the microcasting than the... <laughs> the macrocasting? The, the macro. Yes, I would say I've so. I've enjoyed it immensely. Although there's some people who hang out in the mezzo-casting area that's, that are probably okay. Anyway. It's true, but for us, it's a lovely like a micro. morning here in, uh, you know, the treehouse. And uh, it's, we're actually getting at it today, which I think is excellent. I woke up at five. Stop it. Yeah, I was... Yeah. I woke I up at four, because, but I decided to go back to bed. Well, the reason why I decided I had to get up is yes. because I made yes, lentil soup last night. I know. It was compelling because the house is full of this wonderful smell. And I kept waking up during the night and I could smell the soup wafting up from downstairs. I was thinking, this is going to turn out okay. I, it was very reassuring. The smell was very reassuring because we had... We were using a different kind of lentils than we had used before, and we did not pre-cook the lentils because they're these tiny red uh, organic lentils. And we soaked them, or you, uh, Diane did all this work. I'm just saying we because, you know, I was in the room. <laughs> uh, we soaked them for a half an hour, and then we just threw them in the crock pot, hoping that they would cook the rest of the way through, and darn if they didn't. Darn yeah, if they didn't, Diane. it was almost like this, well... Making soup is always a magical process to my mind because, True. and I've always, always. said, always. and I probably even as a newborn, the... she was saying this really <laughs> in utero, perhaps even she was saying this. I probably was saying as soon as I had noticed anything about soup. Yeah, soup I is just, soup is amazing. It's an amazing thing. You yeah. chop up all these vegetables and yeah. throw in some various things. And just let them can, cook it together. It kind of blends together into this. It's just lovely, amazing. Yeah. It's alchemy. It is alchemy. Putting a bunch of different things together and they make a thing uh, that's that wasn't there before and wasn't even when you first put all the things together. It doesn't taste like that. But once it kind of cooks and then sits and then cooks again, boy oh boy, you got you got the real thing. It's magic. It's culinary. It's 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 gastronomical. Olfactory, it's uh, you know, one well, is it attacks the senses on many levels. Attacks, attacks, it's an invasion, <laughs> but it's a pleasant one, you know. 
<laughs> welcoming the conquerors, you know, onto your shores. That's what what it's like. It's like, please, please. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. Oppress us with your presence. <laughs> you boy. Is because it that way? Well, because, it's good coffee. Because you welcome. I don't think you, it is. No, no, because you welcome it. So you know, it's just a matter of what words you choose, but it is kind of like an invasion of the senses. Uh, that you have actually invited, you know. Okay, I'm done. It's Last a, night, yes. because we, we okay. cook, I've always cooked the lentil soup in, a, in the crock pot. In the crock pot. The slow cooker. But I usually do it the high. Yeah, the high. For like five hours. And last night we were making it because we're having She some... See, she's using the pronoun now too, the we, the inclusive we. I was sitting in the living room, you know nervously wondering if everything was going to be okay that's that's my <laughs> usual job uh, in these kind of processes diane does the actual work and but i do some of the cleanup yeah i'm always there to kind of clean up and take out the uh, yard waste <laughs> the compost the composting parts i take out anyway go ahead. go ahead when we were going to bed last night yes uh, i had put the this particular crock pot on for low and for the entire night pretty much and when we went to bed last night these these small lentils that i'd never worked with before they're almost like little seed well they're about the size of quinoa kernels or something like that just a little bit bigger than a uncooked quinoa i'm used used to sort of a flat slightly larger disc like like a little disc yes Mm -hmm. so i was flummoxed by the the lentils and i was uh thinking oh my gosh what if they just stay hard and and to wake up this morning and come down and it's almost like something blossomed overnight because it just looked like soup yeah it was very exciting i had faith because the lentils looked so small i figured if they're going to sit in there all night cooking they're not going to stay hard there's no way there's no way because all the rest of the things are going to soften up and get squishy. Anyway, this lentil stew is uh, is a favorite of ours. We haven't had it probably for more than a year, right? No, we haven't had it for a year, yeah. yeah. That's why I thought we needed new lentils, even if I... Yeah, know, it's true. I didn't That's know true. where we would have, where to look for them. In the I house, don't so think I that we had any, because... And it was quite, a, quite an odyssey trying to find red lentils, because I went to three different stores yesterday, and all they had was green lentils, and Diane didn't want green lentils. Well, I I wanted uh, the lentils I usually get are either brown or golden, right. red, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's amazing that that these stores only carry the green. I know. So it's got a different flavor, and yeah. I like the flavor. I just don't like it because I got used to this particular flavor in the soup. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the soup is being made because our my best friend Tim Swiger, uh, who I speak of. Uh, fairly frequently, uh, and his wife Demetra are coming over for dinner tonight. And so. because it's a celebration for Bill's birthday, Man. he gets well. Yeah, he, he gets to choose the menu, and right. he likes. And he often likes to have the lentils. If you know super. Bill, you know he hates deciding on a menu. Bill does not. Uh, it's not my comfort zone deciding what we are going to eat, and especially if there's a bigger we involved. I don't like the responsibility of having to decide what we are going to consume but anyway i do i did know for a fact that i love this lentil stew so that made it easy when that was brought up as a possibility 
Yeah, that'll work. Good. That's excellent. So. So after skating on this ice of a little bit of anxiety last night about me? this. Bill, anxious? Oh, no, you, me. Diane. Anxious, me, yes. Diane. And these are truly the kind of problems you want to have is wondering whether your lentil soup is going to yeah, turn out okay. Definitely first That's, world problems. Yeah. 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 Anyway. True, true that. But it has been, you know, besides that, it's been a pretty hectic week here in like amphetamine. Don't you think, Diane? It has been. Tell us all about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, had a, I had a wonderful week. You did. Uh, at work. And I've been enjoying it so thoroughly. Um, that it's interesting that I'm also reading about retirement at the same time. <laughs> I think that's part of the part of the joy you're finding in your job right now is that you know that you've got a you got a visible horizon. Oh, I know you know, it is for the first time in, because, in your life. Well, and also because at this stage of my life, it's the first time in my life that I haven't felt like. Somehow I'm going to be axed before I could, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I know that feeling. That's a, I think it's an amazing time. My father, ever since I remember when I was a kid, he was worried about being laid off. Right. And that only grew when he was older because... Then he was making more money, and, and younger people could come up in the ranks and replace him. And that was a real threat to him. And my mom always said that after my dad retired, he stopped having what we used to call his black moods. My dad was an incredibly buoyant, charming just beneficent man but every now and then he would get in these black moods and he'd just be like a thundercloud you know and yeah. we would always try to avoid him when he was in those moods but my mom said after he retired he no longer had those and I think that those moods came from that fear and anxiety that most of us have about will I be able to make it will I be able to to make my responsibilities that uh, that I have taken on in my lifetime. Right. And so there is a, a wonderful feeling at this stage of being able, for example, what I have felt is that I am at a time where I'm passing stuff off rather than trying to keep it all and trying to teach and, and help the younger people get to the point of expertise that I have. And that's a lovely time of life. Yeah. You feel like you are bestowing blessings or something. Right. And I see the, uh, the desire and the ambition of my younger cohorts and understand it and remember it, but I'm not there anymore. And that, I think, has a lot to do with my present joy. I think what, what uh, has happened, I mean, just as an outside observer, in your previous position, you had all this knowledge that you'd accumulated over all the years that you had been at the U. And you were trying to devise a way, it, when you foresaw this time coming, when you would want to teach, I mean, pass this knowledge on so that it could be preserved, so that there wouldn't be 
utter confusion and chaos once you were gone. But you looked around yourself in your old place and you saw nobody as a heir apparent, nobody to, uh, no way of passing on this knowledge, you know. So your idea was, well, I'll create some, these manuals that'll be there in case there's somebody who's interested and wants to know how things work. They'll be able to find the information if they look for it. But you didn't see anybody that had that natural inclination. And then along comes this new department that seemed to be, there was someone else in the world who saw the value of all of the knowledge you had and saw how it was going to be important, especially as this new culture uh, and this new software was introduced. And it's like this place that you're working now was created as a vehicle for doing that very thing. And so now you're surrounded by people who are hungry for the knowledge that you couldn't imagine how you were going to, uh, you, you were going to dispense it in your previous position. So yeah, it's a, it's a lovely position to be in because you're now in the evir- an environment that was at practically tailor-made for you to fulfill your, your mission of, of, of passing on what you know. And uh, so it does seem, even from the outside looking in, like this is just a, an amazing uh, convergence of, of factors seemingly designed to preserve the knowledge that you hold in your head. So, you know. But at the same time, because I'm enjoying my job so much, I, I have thought that I need to... I decided I needed to read some information about how to deal with your life purposes once you retire because I've never never thought about life without work I I've never been good at taking vacations for long periods and having a lot of leisure it uh, starts bothering me after a while so um, and especially I think the reason why I was prompted to look into this this topic was during the the snowstorm because I realized that a lot of my work kind of way slowed down. I can telework, but people just weren't doing anything. And my job depends on people doing some stuff. And I was also writing some manuals, but I couldn't do it without the action and energy. And we both talked about how we felt like the snow actually... Uh, the kind of paralysis. That's yeah, yeah, that it was paralyzing in a way. Now, it wasn't a really great incident to, to consider what it would be like to not have work, but, uh, but it prompted that thought. And, uh, and I looked online and found a couple of really wonderful books. I had to be a little creative in the way that I worded my search because... Most of the things that come up for a search uh, for retirement options are about finances, finances yeah. and how you're going to be able to manage. But I found two books, and one of them is by the man who wrote What Color Is Your Parachute? And that is What Color Is Your Parachute for Retirement. Mm. I was really uh, quite delighted that he wrote a book about that. And... He even has a little bit of the history of retirement, why it was set at 65 and why it exists. I mean, it really was a way for the managers 
the owners of companies to sort of clear the field of, of weed uh, out the the uh, less effective ones and bring in yeah, new people. and and also uh, ones who might be more expensive um, over time and for me um, as I was reading all this I thought how much the working world has changed because we don't wear our bodies out the same way that they used to in the manufacturing and, and even farming days but I think that our generation, the baby boomers, because there's so many of us, and we've, we've changed a lot of things in the world over the time that we've been in the world. And I think that we are changing retirement. Um, the, the thoughts about retirement, what it's supposed to be, because uh, from what I was reading in, in the Richard Bowles book, it was more about you would retire and then you would die in a few years. I mean, that was, uh, they weren't thinking of it as a time where you would have any further life to explore. Yeah, life expectancy was like 72 or something like that, you know. Yeah. To retire at 65, okay, we can afford this. So, right. But, but now people are living 30 years after they retire, and so it's like a third of your life is, needs to yeah. be planned for. And his theory was that uh, there are three boxes in life that uh, the way that we have currently lived our lives, that you have a period of time where you're a child and being educated, then you have a, a fairly lengthy box of work, and then you have this box of leisure. And so it's education, work, leisure in three separate periods of life. His thought was that throughout your life, it would be better if you had a mix of all of those. But certainly at this time, when you're planning your retirement, you don't have to just say, I'm just giving up work. You can have some work, but also have some education and have some leisure. And that, I read his book, Three Boxes of Life, a long time ago and really loved that concept. And I think I always have had a mix of those aspects of my life uh, but probably not as much education as I would like a lot of it has been self-education the other book I'm reading is uh, how to retire wild free and happy I think huh. is, uh, and it has been a marvelous book that a man wrote after he retired <laughs> but the thing that really interested me was he has this idea that you put in or put into practice uh, creating a get a life tree and you put in the middle options for retirement and on one branch you write everything that you have done in the past that you enjoyed doing you know like when i was a kid i loved to write i loved to draw i loved to sing in the choir, I love to listen to music, listen to records. There were lots of things that I liked to do. Hmm. Like to go out on walks with my family, love to go to the ocean. You write all those sorts of things down. And then on another branch, you write all the things that you're presently doing. And you're you're writing about all the things that you may have liked in your past, but maybe you've uh, created it in a different way. For example, for me, 
it would be that I'm writing about, you know, doing things for victory music or ancient victories that I'm, um, that I'm still participating in writing. And, but then I've also added interests in other aspects of things. And then you write down everything that you can think of for future activities that you've never explored, but you really want to do. And so, for example, for me, that would be the death doula training, um, doing some volunteer work in aspects I've never... uh, You have... uh, He says, just be creative. Just really think about things that you've never tried, but may have incorporated some of these things in your life from your past and your present, but something that is totally different in your future. And uh, also things that you've really considered but never tried. You know, like maybe you wanted to learn a language that you never learned or you want to travel to a place you've never traveled. Right. And then the last branch is things that you do, activities that you like that get you physically fit. You know, the things that you would like to do but that will help with your physical health. And I was so, man, I, uh, and I wish I could, this is the time where we would be able to have the yeah, graphics. Yeah, there'd be some, there'd be you know, some, the, yeah, there'd be the a PowerPoint uh, yeah. presentation, some slides would come up, there'd be a video presentation uh, uh, at this point. Of, well, I wish I could just show the, the diagram of how this uh, this operates, uh, particularly some of the, the things that other people have done with it to make it artistic, an artistic project, too. Yeah. Um, you can look online though, but and just type in "get a life tree" and look at some of the images. Uh-huh. It's gurgle it, gurgle it, people. It's pretty amazing a thought, because the, the reason why I was so excited about it, I thought, well, basically, you're just saying, how do I plan out my perfect life? Yeah. It, what would be in my perfect life, and why shouldn't I try to accomplish that? And he also said. Then after that, after you do that, he said, and you should have 50 activities. He said, not 49, 50. He said, if you can't come up with 50, then you're watching too much TV. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that, that most people who have a life outside of work are already going to have many, many activities they can instantly think of. Right. And he said, and then... Think of some, he said, here's where the wild part comes in. Think of something dramatic and something way out, like that you sell a bunch of your possessions, make $10,000, and have a party for all your friends in in your neighborhood, or that you want to meet James Taylor, Paul Simon, and, you know... Richard Thompson. Yeah, Richard Thompson or somebody, you know. And then, because he was basically saying, if you you say some of your wildest dreams, you might be starting to work towards getting them, and you might make a way, sort of the idea of the bucket list, you know. But having it be a real, I don't know, something really... You're manifesting. Yeah. You're manifesting something. Yeah. 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 And I just was so excited by it because as I was reading it, I instantly started having all these thoughts about things that I would like to do and things that uh, I haven't gotten to the wild stuff yet. I, you know, my, I'm not a real wild person in a lot of ways. And I have found that my life, just as it's gone on, 
I've had a lot of things like meeting Wally Sean or you know, things that happen spontaneously, and I kind of like those to just happen spontaneously. But it just really thrilled me because it's like saying, so if you had your perfect life, what would you want? But doing it in a way that's that's looking at your past and present. Well, you're obviously doing some things already. You've already been doing things that you love. So how would you follow the trajectory of that? Yeah, how would you expand that? Yeah. Make it more central. Yeah, I hear what you're talking about. Sounds good. Sounds like fun. It is fun. It's been very fun to to read these books. They're actually wonderful. And if anybody is uh, considering retirement, I I definitely uh, I don't know whether everybody likes to plan things as much as me. That's see, that's me yeah. anyway. Yeah. I like to plan. Yeah. But I always feel like if you can have the wisdom of somebody who has gone before you, why not take it, man? And obviously, uh, other people have thought of this and have... Other people's ideas often spark ideas in yourself that are unrelated to the other people's ideas, but it's like, oh, I can have ideas. It's like you need to be reminded, especially in it with something like retirement, there's a part of the... uh, something in our internal program that looks at retirement as a shrinking as things getting smaller. That's right. As, you know, uh, so, and, and so you're, you're thinking that your expectations need to be smaller uh, for retirement, and I don't necessarily think that that's a, a good message that we've internalized. So it's good that, they're, that these things tend to be expansive rather than reductive. Well, I think that in the past, re- retirement really was a diminishment because you were you were getting into that time where you were getting close to death and but now having this this change and whether or not it it's just lovely to think about it fantasize about it in your mind whatever you do with it it's it also helps you review your life and see wow i've always had these interests i've i've thought that for a long time uh, I've done some journaling about it, actually, that the interests I have now were there even when I was a child. Right. So, but especially if you want to learn something new, because uh, I've spoken about it before in the show, but the thing that's so great is we live in a a place where you could take free college courses uh, as a, a senior and... And just for the pure enjoyment of it, if you really want to learn something new, yeah. I think it would be really cool. Yeah. So For sure. I don't know. Just It's nice to just do things to keep... Well, it's nice. I mean, when I'm, as, a, as a witness to your process and your life and your experience, it seems like you're in this delightful time when you're free to imagine something bigger and better for you down the road, but at the same time you're being... Uh, you're in a period of your working life where you're getting affirmations, you know, pretty much daily uh, for the very things that you have valued the most about your working life, which is the encyclopedic knowledge that you've been able to uh, accumulate. I just feel like 
if you have the opportunity to beam your light out brighter as you get older, that's what I think we all should be striving towards. I have known some wonderful older people who have done that, and and I feel like watching them. And a lot of them, I mean, think about the poets. The, don't you think they were beaming the brightest when they were the oldest? Yeah. I feel like there's so much to observe about this period of your life and not to fe- not to fear it, right. but to uh, see it in, in all of its wonder where you're standing right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely a time of life where there's, where there's, even as you may feel more vulnerable physically, you really lose a lot of your fear that has followed you throughout your life. The fear just kind of is falling away and it's like, why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who if not me, when if not now kind of thing. Uh, It just seems like those things that would have made you feel self-conscious when you were younger don't really make you feel self-conscious anymore. I'm noticing that in my life, too. I'm not as self-conscious as I once was. Although, you know, I've still got a a plenitude to draw on if I choose. Well, I have to worry about the lentils, you know, whether they're going to soften up or whatever. But the lentils have softened. I do feel, though, that each stage of our lives, if we could have acknowledgement of it I feel like there's something very important about acknowledging the stage that you're in and what you're thinking about and what your concerns are and not to say somehow I have to go back and have the same thoughts and the same concerns I had when I was younger right or the fact that that those thoughts and those feelings and those impulses may have changed that that constitutes a diminishment you know I don't really think that that's true because I don't want all the things that I've, I used to want, somehow I'm less of me. You know, I don't think that's true. Well, and also, I feel like that appears even as death starts looming. On the, to, to recognize and acknowledge some of the aspects of that, too, that are, that are welcoming, not horrifying. Right, or just acknowledging so. that this has been the tra- trajectory of my life all along this is the ultimate gateway this is the you know this is when the lights turn on not turn off because because uh, we've been pointed in this direction all of our lives so why not look at it as a climactic moment uh, rather than as a a leaving of the stage kind of moment you know but that kind of segues into no it doesn't our music today yeah it does because Linda Waterfall, one of our uh, highly esteemed local musicians. A touchstone, I would say, Yeah. for a lot of people in the Northwest music scene. Passed away a few weeks ago. Um, at uh, She was, what, 69? Yeah, yeah. I think she was 69. And Linda Waterfall is somebody that you always knew about. I mean, it, you know, from the earliest time that I was involved, especially in Victory Music, where I was starting to be in the milieu of Northwest uh, music, Linda Waterfall was somebody that you always heard of and heard about. And I, you know, I got to be with her a few times. I did not know her well, but uh, she was just a, an amazing kind of presence and like a, a kind of a, 
she was like a force of nature unto herself. Um, I would I would describe her as a very radiant yeah. being. Oh yeah. And I it was one of the first albums I heard. I remember when I was in Victory Music was this album by Linda Waterfall and Scott Nygaard called oh, yeah. Everything Looks Different yeah, and. Yeah, yeah. I love that album. I listened to it over and over and over. Right. Um, and I met Linda Waterfall a couple of times when I was in Victory. I think that I remember spending an afternoon with her, so I must have been interviewing her for some reason. Or, mm. But she was just so amazing. Yeah. I still remember sitting across from her. But anyway... We wanted to honor her and also just because we specifically like playing local music on our show uh, because we are so enamored of the well, local Because we singing. are local. Because we're local. It's where we live. And found the perfect song, speaking of local, <laughs> yeah, by Linda Waterfall that describes sort of our joy of, of our own lives. Uh, it's called Hometown Girl, actually. And I just love its content because it seems like our lives. Exactly. Encapsulated. So we'll play that one and one other one called Welcome to the Dark by Linda Waterfall. Next week they most likely be coming to hear me We pass back and forth the entrance fee Sharing what we love in music Careful that we don't confuse it with the balance sheet The song's floating up and down the street Your mind and your mind gets blown 
that you will replace it, but it's following you. That same attitude to what you do. Would you like to join a party? Bring your songs and your guitar, and leave the future at home, just like when in Rome, the Rome.
behind the door We're dancing all around you in the night Who dares to trust may come with us And may the spark survive The one who craves the spirit keeps the spirit alive Here's a wake to music, make a rosy close the day Welcome to the dark, we say around 